Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a speaker, a coach, and a published author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will share tips, tools, and strategies used by our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in their lives. I am on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire you to see that when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are talking with Heather Fell. Heather and I go back probably seven years now, and we met, she was a student in one of the classes I was teaching at our local college. And there was something about her right from the very beginning that I just knew I was looking at someone very special. And she has really become an incredible friend, but we have also been there for each other in helping to grow our businesses and see what is possible and what we are capable of. And I can say right now, if you have ever attended any of my events in the past, any of the Inspired Life projects, all the things that make it seem very seamless and all the creative ideas that come to the table, they virtually have all come from Heather. She has really, really streamlined my business and helped me to see things that I didn't even see that was possible. So today we are here to chat about Heather. And Heather is a business consultant and creative simplifier. And what she is doing she has now created a business called Simply Optimizing. She works with businesses and entrepreneurs and creating simplicity and optimization in their business by rapidly stripping away all the chaos and getting right into the wounds or the growth points of their business. She has a super unique way of personalizing and customizing analogies and visuals and helping you to really take all of those incredible ideas and break them down into executable steps and to then put systems in place for things that are not yours to worry about. So that is why it simplifies everything for businesses. And she is just launching the Idea Accelerator program. And that is just, it's out now. Now, if you're listening to the podcast, it's already launched. And she is going to be making a massive impact with businesses. So we dive into her story and how life forced her to live in a box and how that box was keeping her very small, not living within her gifts and really giving her a label and the fact that that the labels came all the way through her whole life, what she could and could not do based on what she was dealing with and how she learned. And she learned that her true power came from owning her gifts, her stories and her choices. And what was once considered a weakness was now definitely a gift. It's her unique gift that she is now able to use. And there's such a massive freedom in owning our stories and sharing them with the world. We decide what label we choose to wear. We can all make an impact and she knows it. And she is so heart-centered and driven, heart-centered and driven, and wants to work with women who and businesses who want to make a difference in the world, who want to pay it forward and make an impact. The, her key zone of genius is she can take an entrepreneur out of the state of overwhelm and putting them into those systems in place so that they can stay efficient and actually way more successful. So this is such a great conversation. And honestly, I can't tell you how excited I am and grateful I am to have Heather on the show because I... 
this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Heather. She helped me get it off the ground. She helped me with my ideas. She helped me see that, yes, it can happen and you can make it happen. So I am just, she's the perfect person to have. And I'm so glad that we finally have made this happen. So welcome to the show today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And I cannot tell you how excited I am for today's guest. This has been somebody who came into my life unexpectedly, has continued to stay and be a very big part of my life, which is just awesome. And it's proof that so many times there are people everywhere when you least expect it, so you need to stay open. So Heather Fell and I go back, we were just doing the math, um, eight years now. And we met because I was actually her professor in college, is how we connected. And we just we just connected on a whole lot of levels. And since then, over the years, we have definitely interwoven into each other's businesses and into each other's lives, which is awesome. So I, she cannot be a more perfect guest for this podcast. So I am thrilled to have you today. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. I'm so excited. So excited. This is awesome. So you know the drill. We are going to go through a few questions first, and then we're going to dive into your story and talk a lot about where you're going and what you're doing. Okay. Okay. So do you have a favorite book, audiobook, something that you have read that has impacted you in some way, shape, or form? It's actually a book that you introduced to me. It's called Let the Elephants Run by David Usher. It is probably one of my all-time favorite books, and it's probably the foundation of what started me to think creatively because it's a lot about thinking creative outside the box and David Usher as a musician mm-hmm. has then started to stem into a little bit of technology and his other creative elements. So he talks about creativity and how to unleash it. And it was really pivotal when you brought it into my life because I had felt like I had completely cut off my creativity element. Oh, I love that. I, lo- I still haven't read that, but I know you've mentioned it and referenced it. So, so I can, yeah, definitely we'll have to read that. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that you go by? Actually, it's funny because I was like, what is my favorite quote? And it's one that stuck with me for a while. I think I have two. And one is uh, creativity is intelligence having fun. It's by Albert Einstein. And that one really plays with me just about intelligence and creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think it's, I forget the lady who actually... I think it's Marion Williamson, mm-hmm. the one about our deepest fear is not right. that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measures. And that is something that I've really shifted as a mantra for myself, yeah. um, just based on which I'll go into a little bit more of my story about feeling inadequate in certain levels. So that one, that whole quote really sits with me and is kind of one that I look back to on those days that you're kind of like, what am I doing right now? Mm-hmm. That is one of my favorite quotes. It actually was a part in one of my favorite movies, which is Coach Carter. And I, cause I'm a, such a, anybody who knows me, I'm not the sappy girl movie at all. Give me a sports movie and I'm loving it. So oh, yeah. Coach Carter, that quote is really well played in there. So I love that quote. Um, mentor, who has impacted, <laughs> who has impacted your life? Somebody you know, somebody you don't know, whatever that is. Uh, this is super cheesy, but you were one of them mm-hmm. because I probably wouldn't have learned to own my story and own my gifts if I didn't have a chance to really get to know you and allow you to step into your light by me shining a light even more on it. 
Mm -hmm. So you have been probably one of my biggest role models and someone that has supported me through the thick and thin of life's journeys that it has tossed at me. And then someone else that I have to say I was introduced to through you and some of the other um, areas of business that I was interested in is Peter Kelly. Mm. Um, she is someone of a role model to me um, just because she, she lets her hair down. She's real, she's authentic, and she's really stepped into her gifts. Yes. I think um, she had a way of kind of putting her, her own label on herself um, just with her background in science, and I can relate to that. And yeah. then now she's completely stepped into a brand new area of creativity and influence and powerhouse woman that I would say that she is. See, that's a, and that, th- first off, thank you. I will receive that. I really appreciate that. That's, <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. And Peter Kelly, I couldn't agree more. I honestly, I would, I would say with her in some of the early parts of my journey and some of the work that I did in her group and learning, she did have a very unique way of being her, like just being her unapologetically, mm-hmm. not yeah. trying to fit the mold. And I did learn a lot. I learned, I learned a lot about alignment from her and really staying in that path. So yeah, no, actually this, thank you for that reminder. Cause I just forget sometimes of the, some of those people in the early stages that cross my path. Yeah. Okay. What lights you up? Ooh, there's a lot of things, but definitely in light of me watching some exciting news um, with my business and what I, the direction that I'm going in is definitely creativity mm-hmm. and being able to work with entrepreneurs and business owners that are living in chaos. And I just get to work with them and simplify and eliminate that chaos and almost strip down the layers of where they see that they're comparing themselves to others and actually identify what their unique skill set is and their gift to like shine it toward the universe and the world. Um, I joke that I'm a campaigner. Um, I'll let the business owners be the president and shine in that light, but um, I am a true hearted campaigner because I just want people to succeed because other people have done that to me. So that lights me up to pay it back. Nice. That's beautiful. And I can attest firsthand. If you, if you're listening and you have attended any of my events in the past, um, the four different inspired life projects, I guarantee you, they would not have fallen. They would have fallen on their face. Had I tried to do them by myself, I did not. I definitely had Heather's help and it was more of a case of not even help. I mean, just the creative back end. I can't even tell you how much. So that is definitely a wheelhouse for you as far as I know something else that lights you up that isn't related to your business that you do like to do is... I absolutely love cooking. I know. And I love creating things in the kitchen from nothing. Yeah. Kyle, oh, my boyfriend Kyle, says things to me. He's like, how did you make dinner? You made a three-course meal and there was nothing in the fridge. <laughs> I've seen you do it firsthand. I don't yeah. e- so this is like creativity in motion, though. Like, this is not yeah. just that, oh, I like to draw. This is not just... It, I think you it's how you take that creativity. It is in every aspect of your life. And so I've watched you do that in the kitchen. I've watched you pull the most incredible, like I'm a gluten-free, dairy-free person, have been for 20 years. So typically my desserts aren't so hot. (laughs) It's not really a lot of option, but you've pulled together some desserts that I'm like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever had. So you can do that. And that's your creativity in motion. That's what I think. Yeah. And it's, and it's on the level of that really lights me up is learning. And I am such a, um, 
a deep learner, um, so much so that I have to understand it inside out. And I think that's where I can really help people and assist them with understanding different um, ideas and solution is I understand it through the thick and the thin on such a DNA organic level mm-hmm. that when they need to be able to extrapolate it or boil it down, I can flip it inside out, turn it 365 degrees. And because mm-hmm. I'm a visual learner, I see it and I can forecast it forward to them in a way that they can then see it and have it embedded back into who they are, what they need to project forward and whether it's just themselves being themselves or whether it's a business aspect as well. Mm -hmm. You definitely have that asset. It's just really interesting as you're talking about this and you're talking about the things that light you up personally, businessly, professionally, what happens when you're not lit up? What's that low, what's that environment like for you? If you're not in a space where you are lit up from the inside doing what you love, it's really dull. It's really dull. Um, I did it for the longest time and it, I am one that shows my emotions on my sleeve. So unfortunately it comes across as I just become kind of minute and like complacent. I just Mm -hmm. don't care. And that's so against of who I am because I am such a people's person. I'm such a person that wants to support so many people Mm -hmm. that it becomes it becomes almost toxic to who I am. And like my body fights so much and shedding a little bit to into my story, it shed so much that it showed in my skin and I became like toxic from the inside out with my skin becoming so inflamed because I was going against so much of my alignment, what my body needed, what I needed to pursue because someone else had suggested that the normal and how I could succeed is if I put myself in that normal area in mm-hmm. my body went left, right and center to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And it showed in my, my actual, um, like physical skin, sense, physical, yeah. physical skin. Yeah. And that was, uh, that's when I first was introduced to you actually. That's when we met. And I do remember exactly. And I had, it's, it, that is amazing until you mentioned that the other day, that was, that was amazing. I forgotten about that. And that is the kind of emotions that can breed in us when we are not in a state that is, you know, growth or conducive to growth or positive or, or if, or as long as we're not in this position where it's like our integrity is being torn into two places, two places, like we're torn into different, we're trying to, your soul saying, let's go this way, but your whole logical side of the brain is going, nope, supposed to go this way, supposed to do this, supposed to do that. And that's just, it becomes a really toxic environment. I think you nailed it on the head. It's really toxic. Mm -hmm. So I want to dive into your story, but I want to give a little bit of segue if I can, because you just said something that made me think that I think is really important for people to hear is, you know, you said visual learner. So, I mean, I have two boys, you know, my kids, my one son, when he was growing up in school was not, um, a visual learner. He was not, he was an auditory learner. And so because he didn't fit the mold of what he was told was normal, whatever quote unquote air quotes you can see me doing normal because he didn't fit that mold. It was told like he had issues. He had problems. He was never going to do this. He was never going to do that. Was never going to fit the mold. And he struggled all the way through school only to watch him now excel in a way that I'm like, never could have imagined that he would excel the way that he is. So, you know, there's, there's this pace where it's that we think it's, there's just no room for something that's other than the norm. So you being a visual learner, tell us what school was like for you and you can lead into your story from there. Yes. So, uh, I'm a visual learner and what I thought was not a gift of mine was actually kind of a, 
I don't even know the word, like a curse almost. Like it was just like, why did I get this? Um, is that I'm dyslexic. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have really learned to own that gift um, inside and out. There is days that I struggle. There's many times in school that I struggled because I didn't fit the normal curriculum because reading and writing is a lot of what the school curriculum is. It's Pretty not much. necessarily yeah. <laughs> drawing and being creative and thinking outside the box. And um, I'm going to touch on a little point that goes back to the book, um, Let the Elephants Run, is um, David Usher talks about how um, schools became kind of part of the industrial revolution because they wanted people to be in a manufacturing area. So if you look at school, we come in, we're forced to sit down in a linear way. You're only looking at the board in a linear way. So how can you allow your brain to extrapolate, get excited, explore on what those areas when we're forced in constraints of linear learning in ways that were predicted ahead of time versus you ask a bunch of junior kindergartens and kids at daycare, they're playing with textures. They get to explore, they get to social, wow. they get to interact. They're in their element of learning how to learn at a way that they can Mm -hmm. that is true and authentic to them there's no pressure that they have to know how to do it right um, other than social cues which is learned um but that takes time mm -hmm. I, I had to learn social cues of like um this isn't how I learn I get my hands slapped so I had to just fit the norm and it was a struggle so I had to learn how to learn differently mm -hmm. which I thought was a curse because it took 10 times the amount of time for me to learn Mm -hmm. and it was frustrating mm -hmm. so frustrating and the only courses that I liked were like ancient history which has a lot of reading but it has a lot of creativity thinking visuals Egyptians are my best friend because they used to write hieroglyphics <laughs> and all that it's all visual yeah. um, I love gym because it's all kinesthetic um it wasn't that I was a bad student I just was forced to learn a way that was not meant for me and I think mm -hmm. that's we do that for society. We put that social cultural influence that you have to learn this way. You have to be successful in this way. Mm -hmm. It goes against so much of who I am. And I think into my story of where I'm starting to step into is I've decided to step away from the social cultural norm and create something different that is truly aligned with myself. And it gives me goosebumps to know the impact that I made when I was researching to get into my actual business um, and the launch that I created, um, mm -hmm. for it, that it all has come together in light of something that I thought was a curse. So you were, we know school was a challenge. We know from like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. There were a few times where you were almost, what's the word, almost encouraged to kind of settle that, no, that's not for you. This path is not for you. And let me just put it into perspective just for everybody to understand. Heather, how old are you? I am 27. Okay. So she's 27. We're not talking about when I was in high school, like 30 years ago. Okay. We're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know, in the last decade, but you were, there were many times where it was almost a case of this is not going to work for you, this path. And this is, this is, these are words, these are not like words you inferred. This is words you were told, correct? Yeah, yeah okay. they were, it started, um, yeah, grade three is when I got diagnosed or labeled um, being dyslexic. So then I started to be removed from classes. So you already put that social norm of like, you're different. Yeah. You can't learn right. You're, you're dumb. That's yeah. what a lot of classmates, I had classmates that said, how is dumb class today? Because oh. I got pushed away. And that such a at such a young age, I'm I'm very grateful for my parents. Um, they have been supportive mm -hmm. and I have a lot of family members. And that's I me mean, going back to who do I admire? I admire my parents, I admire my uh, 
grandparents, I admire those people that have stuck for me and really have been my foundation because I, I would have cracked as an egg and bubbled mm-hmm. without them, truthfully. Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. you took that, you had that advice. I met your parents and they're wonderful people. You, you have, you took that advice and not advice, but you, I mean, you absorb it in. It's hard not to, when you get that kind of those words or criticism from a young age and you decide that you're going to go to college and not only do you decide you're going to college, you decide that you're going to then pursue what we call the bridging program, right? So people, for if you're listening in, they would take a two-year fitness and health promotion program. If your marks were high enough, and there wasn't very many people who were high enough, your marks were high enough, you could then apply to the bridge program to bridge and actually get your kin degree. So by the time you graduated in four years four year. total, yeah. you had a diploma and a degree. Two, to, two diplomas and a degree. Two diplomas and a degree. So you had, you were one of those students. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was actually told that I wouldn't go to university in grade mm-hmm. nine and 10 because my marks were not adequate to fit the level of university of okay. learning and areas. And I remember that guidance counselor um, saying that to me. And I remember being frustrated and actually fed up so much so that I said, you know, I want to gamble. I'm going to play a little bit of gamble, but I'm going to put ownership back into me. I'm going to own my own choices Mm -hmm. and my choices that I'm actually going to go to college and I'm going to go to university Mm -hmm. no matter what she told me I had to do. And it took a lot of work. It was challenging, but, um, I took that fifth year and I discovered what I learned and Mm -hmm. weren't learned to love. And I Mm -hmm. think that's kind of the tipping point that kind of started to get me into ah, this is what learning should be. This is fun. This is aligned with what I like to do. And that was, um, things called exercise science or, uh, they call it kinesiology class. Um, but it's all about like human movement anatomy. And I fell mm-hmm. in love with it. And this is a, this is a university course that I was taking and I excelled at it. I was able to jump into college nice. and college was a struggle, but it was, I don't know if you can say it easy struggle because I was so passionate about it. And I love the teachers and the knowledge that I was able to apply hands-on because college was very um, practical and labs and social and learn by doing. And I was like, I'm in my wheelhouse. I don't care if I have to stay up to learn this and study this. It is, it is fun. It lights me up and I want to be in this environment. So my marks were really high and I got a scholarship actually to go into kinesiology at Guelph Humber, which was kind of like, It was fascinating because I finished that degree and I don't know if I've told you this story. So this is a good place to to share it. Um, I was so proud of myself to graduate university. Not a lot of people know that that was shared with me. Some people do, close people do, because they didn't want to share it because that meant that I, if I shared the story that someone told me I couldn't go, I'd be not normal. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to fit in so badly because I didn't like being pulled away from classes and out of what social life was and I was so excited to graduate and other than just graduating university I was like everyone else and it's funny because I think it was two years later I ended up seeing this guidance counselor at a friend's wedding hey how are you (laughs) and it was one of those things that I almost avoided her completely because I was like I want to I want to just prove you wrong so I ended up running into her and mm-hmm. she's like, Heather, how are things? Probably having no idea the impact yeah. and what she said to me. And it's, I, I don't blame her. I probably would never brought it up, but she said to me, she's like, well, what are you doing? 
And the first thing that I said was like, I graduated university for kinesiology. How are things with you? <laughs> like, oh, that's really great. And then she got pulled away and nothing happened. Yeah. And it really sunk into me that people's words have such an impact with us, but they don't care what they said to you because it doesn't impact them. Mm-hmm. They, it, she might not have even given a second thought. She might not even remembered what she said to you. No, exactly. And it was, and it stuck with me so much that I really have the choice to own what I want and what people say to me. And some mm-hmm. people will say things to me and they, you can choose to receive that ownership of someone saying, thank you, you did this. Or if someone says something bad about you, but I think going back to it is we always have a choice, internalize it or externalize it by throwing it up or getting rid of it or just not, not taking it. But it's so challenging not to take that when all you know is if someone gives you feedback or you're stuck in that linear area, Mm -hmm. what else are you supposed to do? Yeah, you take it on without even realizing it. And that is a, I mean, of course, you know, I love the words you're saying. You're saying ownership, you're saying choice, you're saying ownership. I love those words. Those are like my buzzwords. I love them. But they're so, so powerful. So when you say um, own dyslexia, what does that mean Mm -hmm. to you? Great. That's a great question. I never thought about it that way. Uh, I would have to say it is really embodying my gift. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword or it's a flip coin. Um, one side of the coin is there is challenging, there's challenge reading, there's challenge writing. I'm not a strong writer and I'm not a strong reader, but I love to learn. Mm-hmm. That's never stopped me. Mm-hmm. And the caveat to that or the other side of the coin is that I am a brilliant and very unique um, learner and way with ideas. Like, because I think in pictures, I see things in 3D in my brain. So I'm very good at pulling things apart, going really, really low into it, deep, 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 and then pulling really, really high, and then being able to give the, the state of the nation or go down to such a granular level mm-hmm. so quickly because I've had to understand what it is in my ability to learn. And that is very handy for me now that I'm discovering working with business owners and entrepreneurs because they are pulled in so many different directions. And because my brain has to simplify everything so quickly and understand it from a 365 degree angle Mm -hmm. or position or where it's located, this is a skill set that I can just help so many people because I have to understand it when I can understand it. I can teach it back to you and then you can apply it. Well, that is a great description and I love that. And I want you to elaborate a little bit more from your standpoint. How did you know it was a gift? How did you really start to grasp? I know it because I've seen it firsthand. Mm -hmm. And again, for a lot of you listening, I, I promise you half the stuff you've seen me release in the last couple of years would never have happened if it wasn't for Heather. And it's not about executing and doing. It's the fact that when you are a business owner and you are that entrepreneurial mind for, if you are listening and this is you, you kind of are firing rockets all the time. There's ideas going left, right, center, but you've got websites, you've got newsletters, you've got emails, you've got client bookings, you have that you, your business can take you right out of your wheelhouse over and over and over because you get into the overwhelm. So I've seen it firsthand and that's really what you've done for me. But I want to know when you hit that point where that, that actual like certainty that, oh, this is, I know this is what I should be doing. Yeah. And I would have to say 
it was tapped, tapped many times. I was tapped when I was working with clients as a kinesiologist. Uh, I loved it. I was able to work with clients that maybe sometimes couldn't understand something, couldn't see something, or it was just struggle for them to understand human movement or body. So you had to be able to teach them in a different way that was not mm-hmm. relevant. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, I know that feeling. Let's work together. Mm-hmm. So it first started with that. And then it became, I have to say, honestly, working with you and supporting you of just to help bring alignment, um, bring you back to your area of expertise and say, no, Marcia, you don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. There's a tool for that. Mm-hmm. There's a system for that. We can streamline that. You don't know how, let me learn it. And then I'll teach you what I can do and I'll teach you what you can do. And then we'll set up tools and systems. So I have to say it's probably been in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm that I fully tapped into it um, and had multiple people knock saying, you should probably do something with this. (laughs) You're very creative. Um, And it's more than creativity. And I think it it is more than creativity because I never really take ownership of the creativity. It's the people that I work with and I pull out their creativity based on what they're saying and then wrap it up in a nice bow and say, this is what you're actually presenting. Own that because it's beautiful, it's empowering, it's unique, and it's like nothing else, because they keep trying to layer up bundles of comparison. Yeah, exactly. It's like all of a sudden they're like, okay, I'm going to move to Canada, so that means I need to put a coat on, I need winter boots, I need to do this, and it's like, actually, if you lived in a nice house that you created for your own, you don't have to put on a jacket like everyone else. I don't know if that's a, it's <laughs> it's a great, analogy. No, I'm only laughing because anybody who doesn't know you, um, you're like the queen. I think I do analogies. You're like the queen of analogies. And she'll say one and I'm like, oh my God, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. So it's, you simplify it. This is where I think it's different. You are extremely creative but you have a huge, unique knack to simplify things in a way that is chunkable, actionable, and really getting rid of all the excess. Like there might be sometimes, you know, I'll call you with, I've got 10 things on the go and I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, forget it. No, I only have one. I've only got one. (laughs) I just made the other nine. (laughs) So, and you were able to listen to that and break that down. And I think that is a massive um, asset for entrepreneurs who are juggling a lot of different ends. But the cool thing is, is that you're helping them, but you're, it's feeding you at the same time. So that's the really cool part, right? Yeah. Okay. Back to scheduled programming. (laughs) Squeaky dog toys. All right. So we know. So we talked about basically how you were simplifying everything for people and by taking that, like taking the creativity and making it simple. So it's really interesting because how did that morph into a business? At which I was going to ask or kind of lead into this is, um, I think it's fascinating that we treat business as kind of a, a square. Everyone kind of is supposed to fit into the square, whether you're brick and mortar, whether you're service or whether you're product. And I think if I really boil down to what business is, it's the human beings, it's the interaction. So how can we put everyone in kind of that box to say that your business is this way? Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. And I think where my business has really stemmed is to kind of identify those unique layers of what people are and not put them in the box, put them in their octagon, their shape, their star, their, their trapezoid, whatever they want to put themselves in, 
with their own unique colors and layers. And I think mm. that's the beauty of business. And that's where business needs to go nowadays um, to really see the, the heart centered business people. Because when you strip away the layers of whether you have an email, whether you have 10,000 followers on Instagram, whether you have a podcast, whether you're a YouTube sensation, people are looking for you as a human being. Mm -hmm. you are the only thing that matters in your business and when you can't identify who you are and who you can share your gifts or your talents or your service with then it becomes like everyone else and when you are like everyone else and you blend in with everyone else who sees you no one does no one does this is a big it's a big mistake a lot of business owners make isn't it is trying to be like the other coaches, be like the other speakers, be like the other podcasters. They want to, you know, model who they follow. And then before they know it, they've actually forgot who they were because they're so busy, like being like somebody else. And now it's just all white noise. Everything's white noise. You all sound the same. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So and I think I started to connect some dots looking back at my own story of, well, I was told to go to university, I'd fit in, I'd be successful, I'd do these things and I'd be able to kind of shine the light. Okay, I went to university, um, I went to college, I, I busted my butt, how come it never lit me up? And I was like everyone else, mm -hmm. struggling in a career, not happy, mm -hmm. trying to make an income. The struggle mm -hmm. was real and it was shit. Mm -hmm. Like it sucked. Mm -hmm. But that's because I forced myself into a box that I thought was success. And what everyone else was doing and so i decided probably over the last year and a bit and definitely over the last uh three months yeah to open up that box and actually create my own my own version of what unique my unique normal is mm -hmm. oh i love unique normal because that's that's me it's it's the yeah. label that i've now identified myself it's not that i can't read it's not that okay you're a university grad okay cool but what's the difference? It's the same thing. Okay. You're a coach, you're a business owner, you sell a product. Okay. How are you different? Mm -hmm. And people right now are inundated with information. Um, I'm going to try really hard not to go on a tangent right now. Um, it's okay. They're inundated with information and overwhelm right now that we are missing human connection. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to my point of your business is you. Yeah. So if you can't be the human connection to the people that you're connecting with, good luck. So you, how do you help them bring more of themselves to the business? Like, how do you help them do that? We're getting into even more detail of what you do, like if we were giving, but how do you help them to do that? Yeah, it's, it's being able to shine that light and strip away the layers of who makes them who. Mm -hmm. And it's tapping back into their gifts. So I had the, the fantastic pleasure of being tapped saying you have a gift and mm -hmm. you did that to me. And now it's my service to do it back to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my favorite thing about working with business owners is they shine a light a little bit on you and then you shine it back on them yeah. and it becomes this spotlight dance. Yeah. And it's fascinating. It, it's, it's like, we can't have the moon without the sun. You need those two to dance and they shine lights in different ways. Mm -hmm. And they're so impactful um, for each other and they're needed, but you can't just rely on just the sun. You can't just rely on the moon and it's being able to shine the light on each other. Mm -hmm. I have to say that skill set for me is because I had the divine opportunity of having other people share some light of what my gifts and talents are 
all I want to do is give that back to others because it is such a, it's a breath of fresh, it's a breath of fresh air amongst fitting in with the norm. Well, and I was, so this is a little bit of a head, but I do want to ask this because you're leading right into it right now is what's it like to own that part of yourself? So you've got this one piece of yourself and you know, this is my wheelhouse and I love this stuff. You got this one piece of yourself that you basically have tried to hide for years. Like you certainly don't want a light on it. You don't want any spotlight and I just don't want anyone to know. I don't want anyone to know. So you get this piece of yourself that you almost hide. Then you also have the drive to prove to the world that no, that piece is not going to define me. So it's really pretty much controlling a lot of your life, like a lot of it. To then all of a sudden saying, screw it, I am dyslexic and this is what I, this is me, but this is what else I've learned because of it. Like, where does that leave you at the end? How are you feeling now compared to thinking of all the years of being forced into that box? It's, it's freedom. Yeah. It's freedom. It's, it's the breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Like when you live in the city and you're, there's just, there's cars everywhere. There's no oxygen. It's like, you can't breathe. You're just like, I'm trying to breathe through a straw and this is so suffocating, but, uh, this is the only way I can live because someone gave me this straw, but I never knew that I could take it out of my mouth and actually walk to a tree in the woods and breathe the fresh air because that's my, it's a great, that's my environment. Um, that's how I see it. It's a great analogy. It's a great analogy. It, it's suffocating and it's, it's all of a sudden stripping away that toxin and mm-hmm. all of a sudden being able to breathe and, um, and just feeling like yourself again. And when you, when you have been so disconnected from yourself or actually maybe never really known what your full right. potential is, mm-hmm. um, that leads me back to my quote that I love is our deepest fear is that we are not inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond all measures. And it excites me, but it gets me nervous about the power that I have within me and the power that I can shine the light back onto other people mm-hmm. for them to step into. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a great quote because I think you're, you're hitting it on the head is the fact that it's what we are capable of that is scary. Sometimes it's like, oh, I had no idea I could do that. Like I didn't, we want to think big, but then all of a sudden comes, something comes together and it's like, oh, God, is this the success that's almost a bit, can be a bit overwhelming? Yes. So it's, you know, you, you mentioned that, that that gives you freedom and that that creates that. It takes like the handcuffs off, takes you out of the box, makes you create. And I just want to emphasize one thing there that I also think that when you hit the point where you owned that part of who you were and you got out of the box and let go of the handcuffs, you know, all those things, that like then you just flourished after that. Like you, there's room to grow, right? You can't, you, there's no room to grow in the box. The box only grow, you go to the size of the box yeah. and you can't go past that. But as soon as you went past that, and I've watched that firsthand. So I've seen, so for those of you listening in, like I promise you I've seen this firsthand, it's been transformational change. So all of a sudden you let go of the stigma of that and you just own it. That's what it is. It's just a title. It's no different than right-handed, left-handed. Like we just call it, it's just part of you and it makes you who you are, but then that gives you room to grow. And when you grow, then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, like I can actually do something with this. Right. Yeah. So that's led you into your business. Tell us about your business. Tell us what it is. 
So my business is, the name of it is called Simply Optimizing. Love that name. And uh, it is wholeheartedly what I do and support others with by simplifying the chaos, simplifying their ideas so they can stay within their wheelhouse, um, and then going into the optimization. So putting in systems, tools, templates, um, areas that they don't need to focus on that they need to focus all their attention on so that they can go back to their wheelhouse or their zone of genius or their, their lane of expertise that really lights them up mm-hmm. because I know what lights me up and it is a freaking fantastic feeling. And it's frustrating when I see other people that get stuck or get pulled away from that or are like a dog with those like balls that have like seven different sides and you bounce it and they're like, Oh my God, and it goes this direction. It goes this direction. Like it's, It'd be chaotic. And I I feel it. I see it. And I see it in the business world a lot right now. And I see it with a lot of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and it hurts me a little bit because Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I just want you to flourish. I want you to peel out that box for you to step in and see the sunshine Mm -hmm. and let it fill you because it is a magical and powerful thing. So my business is called simply optimizing. And so the name, love the name business consulting, but it's, business consulting in a way that is very personalized, very customized, very visual, very involved. And I like to use the analogy is I will go into the hurricane with you to teach you how to build the foundation of your house that could withstand whatever hurricane comes your way, because you are so grounded with who you are and aligned Mm -hmm. that no matter what storm comes your way, you are there. I love that. I love that. So who is your ideal client? entrepreneurs and business owners that's a little vague but it is people that are very heart-centered in their business they are doing this more than just to make an extra dime I'm all for financial freedom because it creates more to grow I get that I will support that it is something I believe wholeheartedly in but it's people that want to do more than just a business it is the purpose and it's the driver of almost what their untapped gifts are Mm -hmm that propels them forward to create more and share that gift with others. I love that. I love that. And I think that that's a great way to say it. Like there's, there's a lot of different business people out there, but mm-hmm. you, I, I mean, you just as much as any is you, you not being in alignment with that client isn't going to help them bring their gifts you back forth. So it's, it's being in alignment with that kind of heart driven, you know, um, entrepreneur. And I think you've been around enough of us now that you've seen, like it's, you just can see how sometimes I'm sure we must look crazy where the ideas are flowing left, right, and center. And it is that pulling in and grounding that you're able to do to be able to give it actionable steps. And, you know, sometimes when we are having this many things go on at once, we can be so concerned with something that's happening like in January and it's, (laughs) you can't even do anything about that right now. So even sometimes actionable chunks where it's like, no, a big event next week, but I have one event this week. So the energy goes to now and I'll do the template work in it here and then helping to break that down even more. So I think that that's just to give you a little bit more credibility to know how important and valuable it's been. So you're working with those type of business owners and this is what you're doing in optimizing. What does your program look like? So if somebody goes, mm, I'd like to learn a little bit more, what does it look like? I know yes. it's launching. It's like, yes. it'll, it'll have launched when um, this podcast launches, yes. but it is so, launching this week. Yes. So the program that I launched is called the idea accelerator program. Yeah. And the, the premise behind it is I did lots of market research for this um, with business owners and entrepreneurs 
And they all kind of shared four elements that just kept getting in their way time after time or just couldn't, they couldn't figure out what's next or digest it or how to simplify it. And uh, the idea accelerator stemmed from four elements and it starts with the ideas. That's where all businesses come from. It is solely us, but then it's our ideas. It's what are we creating? What service are we providing? Mm -hmm. And then it's going into, okay, let's put some reality into play with our ideas. Let's execute them. Let's experience them. Sorry, let's put reality and experience. Mm -hmm. Actually, if this is tangible, is this something I enjoy? Is this something I want to do? Is this maybe something that's new and I have to spend a little bit more time researching on it? I think I, I like to use the analogy of, uh, okay, you can go sell lemonade. Are you allergic to lemons? Cause that's a really great idea. Like <laughs> think about your ideas. Like it, it's, it's okay. That sounds like a great idea because people are making money on it, but is it actually what you want to do? Mm -hmm. So it's putting exposure on it, shining light on it and putting it maybe to the test to see if it's actually something that's tangible and can come to life. Mm. And then we're kind of the wheelhouse that I find that I work with your, I've worked with yourself and some of the other um, clients that I've worked with, with is the execution. Mm -hmm. So how do I break down this next process or this idea that I'm doing into tangible, digestible, bite-sized things that are actionable for me to create that growth, which is the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's simplifying it. So bringing it down into 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, how can I see it? How do I lay it out? How do I visually bring representation to the chaos that's happening in my brain? Mm -hmm. And I think where the element that I really like that is helpful for people is to visualize it. So I, I, part of my program is forcing people to actually have to visualize it themselves so they can see it, they can live in what actually is going on in their brain and what they're being bombarded with. And then they can choose to strip away the layers. Mm -hmm. They choose to say, okay, yes, I have an event, but guess what? It's in the spring. Do I need to be focusing my time on that right now? Probably not. Right. But it's on the list. Doesn't mm -hmm. mean it's gone. It's just a not right now. It's not right now. Not right now. I love that. I absolutely love that. And you have two real things that you, I say real things, but two things, opt-ins that you're going to have that you have available. And so they're two kind of cornerstone areas. Do you want to say what they are right now? Yeah. Because I think so, they're important. I think they're, I think it's important. Yeah. It's funny. I, 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 I shared my first kind of um, little opt-ins or little teasers with one of my mentors and one of my business coaches. And I didn't think it was going to make as big of an impact Mm -hmm. as it supposedly has for her. And um, the, the concept around it is time management. And we all know about time management, but really what it comes down to is preventing the entrepreneurial burnout or the business right. burnout that happens when we're focusing on our business, we're in our business. Wait, is there time off? I don't think there's time off. But these are all three elements that are very crucial to you being successful in your business. And if you boil it down on a very basic level, it's time in your business. So what are you doing when you're coaching, you're building your product or you're actually at events? That's time in. Mm -hmm. Time on is kind of the part of like, what are the actionable items that are going to create your income? Is it your program? Are you writing your emails? Is it the content? It's the time on that you're growing your business. Mm -hmm. And the last one that we forget about, that's probably one of the most important and fuels the other two is time off. When are you physically stepping away? When are you allowing your brain to have that creativity, that element, that fun, that play that fuels you to go in whatever aspect of your business? Mm -hmm. I, so you can't see me making my faces only because I know what she's 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna just speak for some a lot of us entrepreneurs right now that when Heather explains that there's a lot of us who spend time in our business like in it managing right like managing 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 stuff but that's not on growing the business that's different and it's definitely not time off that's another thing that a lot of entrepreneurs do not do they do not schedule that time off and then hence comes the walls and the creativity the lack of it it's just not there because we're exhausted we're burnt out so I think that that's a really, I love that you, that time in, time off, time, time on, time off. And the other one is, uh, this one's the triple threat to business success. Um, I like to codify it that way, but it's again, three elements and it is when you need to stop doing in your business, like what is not income producing or not, not worth your time or just not just a no go right now. Just right. Not right now. Just don't just stop it. And then there's the pivot one. That's the second element. What do you need to pivot in your business or where do you need to shift or tweak or kind of dial in a little bit? It's just, it's like, if you had to think of yourself, it's like you have a compass and you have 365 degrees that you could turn it, but it's still living there. You just mm -hmm. have to turn it slightly to get it in the direction that will progress you forward. Right. And then the last one is go. What do you need to go with? Like, what do you need to keep going with? What just keeps sitting in the incubator and you just haven't pulled off the shelf to say, okay, we're going with, because it's, you have so many other things or the stop things keep piling up. So you never get to go to the goal button. Right. I love that. I absolutely love that because there are so many times I can see myself when I'm in the middle of something like, wait, do I need to stop doing this? this? Oh crap. I do have to stop doing this. This is the wrong thing to do. And I need that. We need that reminder because we're never going to take our businesses to the next level. We're not meant to do it all by ourselves. Like none of us are. And I think as the teams start to grow, like the business grows and then all of a sudden everyone else is working in their wheelhouse. And I know that that's really hard if you're listening and you're thinking, okay, but what if I'm not making any money and I'm trying to do that? I've been there a, like a bazillion times over. I've been there. And when you're in that spot, you just, but you can't even take it to the next step if you aren't okay to keep going at the pace that you're going. And so you are your biggest asset in your business at all times. And if you're not sticking to your wheelhouse and working in that, like in that lane, forget taking the next level. It won't matter. You just won't, you won't have anything left to do it. So I think that's where what you offer is really unique and can benefit a lot of entrepreneurs. So speaking of that, how do they connect with you? How do they know if it's the right fit? How do you go about launching your program with them? Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the ways is they can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Heather.fell. Um, if you're not sure how to spell my name, it is a little F different. Yes. It's F O E L L. Yes. But pronounced as if I fell flat on my face. <laughs> which you, which, yeah. Which I've, I've done in my life. Welcome I've to having too. two left feet sometimes <laughs> or thinking you have two left feet because someone told you you have right and left and you confuse your right and your left because you're dyslexic. So. Exactly. Exactly. Quite entertaining. Uh, but they can, you can find me at simplyoptimizing.com and mm -hmm. then definitely take a search for the Idea Accelerator program. So and it is launching this week. Yes. And launching why? Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. Nice. So by the time this launch, this podcast launches, it will have launched one day. Yes. Why do they want to get in from the beginning? What do they want? Why do they want to do this now? So for the first 10 people that sign up for the Idea Accelerator program, mm -hmm. uh, they get a one-hour free brainstorming and strategy call with me. And I like this because... I use this as part of my market research originally, but it allowed me to triage people's business. And I say triage, you don't have to have a, 
um, a background in health in this area. Um, but when you triage, it is the ability to like assess a wound and your wound is sometimes your business. It's like, okay, do I have maybe a fingernail that has a hangnail? Do I have poison ivy mm -hmm. or do I have a bleeding femur? <laughs> and that really helps assess people's businesses because if you want to prepare yourself to go forward and grow and take it to the next level and a hurricane comes, you're not going to survive. No, not without not like way without. more work than necessary, like way more work stress than necessary. Okay. Let's go back to hurricanes. So we're talking about hurricanes and hurricanes happen all the time in business, right? Yeah. Okay. So, that's so. What the, the two analogies I like to use with business is kind of withstanding the storms mm -hmm. and in business there always is. And then it's being able to triage yourself. Um, and sometimes it's really hard to triage yourself. That's the reason we have doctors and surgeons and nurses. And that's why we have myself as kind of the business consultant to take a look organically at your business Mm -hmm. to be able to triage it and take a look at like, what are those hangnails? What are those things that are like, they're, they're manageable. Yeah. We'd like to kind of get rid of them. They can heal themselves. Um, then there's poison ivy where it's like, you probably don't want that creeping all the way up into other aspects of your business. Right. You can kind of manage it, but it does need to be managed up and taken care of. Right. And then there's an open wound or a femur where it's like, if this does not get fixed, mm -hmm. you probably aren't going to last the next three months. And that's really important because that's, that's sometimes helping bring back crutches and bandaging up those people as business owners of what their true gifts are because yeah. they've been ripped apart because the hurricanes and the chaos has come at them, the stress, the financial family life, just trying to fit in with what the normal is. And yeah. sometimes that bandaging and that healing comes from me speaking back into them of what their true gifts are and allowing them to visualize experience and feel what their gifts are. Mm, see, I love that. And I think that that's a, I think that's good for people to understand like how you can break that down so that you can basically take them to the point that, you know, when they do have their blips in their business and they do have the things that go wrong, that you can catch them, you can recognize them, you can work through them instead of letting them take you out of the knees. Yeah. Yeah. So for the first 10 people, they get one hour strategy call with you as an access. Yep. It's awesome. Yep. It's a great mm -hmm. place. Yeah, I have spent many, many, many hours with Heather on the phone in person in like with on my table with all kinds of paper and markers and flow charts and all these things. An hour with her is crazy valuable, crazy valuable. Trust me, like she will see into sides of your business that you didn't even realize were an issue and it helps you to work so much more efficiently. So I couldn't sing enough praises for that. So that is awesome that that's launching tomorrow. So moving forward, I have to ask you then, I asked it a little bit earlier, but I just want to, just to know, and for people to understand, what is your life like now, now that you have taken that piece of your life that you looked at as, you know, I've watched you stop. I've watched you pivot in your own life. I've watched you shift gears and go into a completely different field. I've watched you put yourself out there and be willing to grow. Like you've done a lot in seven, eight years, schooling, education-wise, experience, life. So you've done a lot of those things. What does, just just get, tell people, what does it feel like now? We're in a spot where you have owned what that story is. You've actually broken it down and looked at what your gifts are. And now you're actually stepping into and using your gifts. 
So the quick feeling moment, it, it gives me goosebumps because uh, to actually look back and reflect, we don't do that. We don't no. do that very often. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where some of the magic comes from. Mm -hmm. I think Steve Jobs talks about like, there's dots along the road, but it's when you look back, you see how they connect. Yeah. And I questioned for the longest time why I was dyslexic. Why am I dyslexic? Why do I have to be dyslexic? Why can I not do well in school? Why, why am I a terrible reader? Why, like, why, why, why? Mm -hmm. I never served me. And so it was like, for how much I'm not a fan of the English language because of writing, I got rid of the why. Mm -hmm. And I turned it into a power, which sometimes you can't see. I took the words out and internalized it as a power. And it is a true power of mine that is solely embodied right now because mm -hmm. it ripples into conversations I have at work, conversations I have when I meet people in the streets. Mm -hmm. um, it is like blood flowing through my body that is like the richest and the most filled with nutrients. But the thing is, I turned it into my power. I turned it into my elixir of life to mm. move me forward because I got rid of the word that never served me and never really serves anyone. No. So let's just get rid of the word. So you did, I love that description. I think it's beautiful. And I think you hit the nail on the head in the sense that there is a shift in power, right? I say when we take that, when we have that story and we let it like keep us small and keep us in the box and own us and all those things that we give power to the story, but we are not, we can't give power to the story and power to us at the same time. Like it's one or the other. And most of us give power to the story. It's easier to do that than it is to stand up and say, Hey, I'm dyslexic or, Hey, I have these issues. It's just, it's just so much easier. But then all of a sudden you see the power shift back to you. And then all of a sudden you see the rocket go and it's like, wow, look at what happened with that power. Like what in the world was I doing? Putting that power in the box. Yeah. <laughs> that power was an absolute waste locked it up in the box. Right? So I've seen that firsthand and I just really wanted to see what your thoughts and perception were on that because I think it's really important that people see that when you can take that personal power back. Yeah. And it's, it's funny you talked about rocket because there is logic to my creative brain. Mm -hmm. You'll get to see the logo of my idea accelerator program. Oh, and imagine. spoiler alert. If anyone hears this before Wednesday, it, it is a rocket ship lifting off with a light bulb around it. I love that. You have the power to own your own ideas and embrace it. So mm -hmm. you are the rocket take sell yourself forward. Yeah. I loved the logo when I saw it. Absolutely love the logo. So I want to know what kind of impact do you want to have in this? We're winding down to the last couple questions or else I could talk to you forever, which I usually do anyways, but just for the, for the purposes of the podcast, what impact do you want to create in this world? If you could look, if you could look back on your life and go, ah, damn, that's the impact that I knew I was going to make. Like I wanted to do that. What do, what difference do you want to make? What impact do you want to make? I would love to share, or actually, how can I word this without an analogy or potential analogy? Pick a new <laughs> analogy. You can do whatever you want. Um, I want to tap into so many people's untapped gifts mm -hmm. and allow them to see that there is so many gifts that people have, but it's the the untapped potential that they've never seen. And I want to be that person that taps them 
mm. or shares an even bigger light or fills that flow back into them so that mm. that gift becomes a massive ripple effect. Um, because when I can impact one person, means that that person can impact one other person exactly. and many more. So I've potentially impacted so many more. And mm-hmm. the gift of giving back or the, the gift of giving someone the ability to see their gifts mm-hmm. and own their gifts and step into that power is, um, I can't even put words to it because it's a feeling that um, once you feel it, Mm-hmm. you never want to give it up no and that's the power I want to give to people is their own power that they never want to give up because mm-hmm. it creates a cascade effect and a ripple oh. effect to so many other people because they've truly owned who they are yeah. what they're capable of and their ability to do so much more see I love that and do you understand now why you only want to work with heart-centered businesses right? Yeah. Do you see it? Do you see yeah. that connection now? You might not have seen that before, but like it's, yeah. it's, it's in complete alignment because of what you're trying to do to give back to them. That's why a heart center business. Now, again, uh, uh, that we all want all businesses to succeed and there's nothing wrong with them doing well financially, but a heart driven business owner that wants to make a difference in an impact is just, I just think the, the reach that they can reach is so much more and it can make such a big difference. And I just think that that's really, I think it's really powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. So last question, what lesson in life are you most grateful for? That I was told I was dyslexic. Hmm. Because it is a gift. Yeah. That's not a toxin. No, it's, and, and I just, I thank you for, you know, I thank you for saying that. And I thank you for being honest and being real in that sense. And I think that it's good for people to, to hear that sometimes what we think is our biggest weakness or our label or our insecurity or whatever we want to call it ends up being like our biggest asset. It's amazing how many times I've seen it firsthand in people that I work with. I'm like, no, 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 that's actually your asset. That's actually your asset. Right. So I love that, um, that you said that. And I, I couldn't be more proud. I mean, I honestly, I've watched you grow and I like feel, I mean, you're one of my closest friends, but it's like, almost like a parent watching you grow. And it's just been unreal to see how much you have taken ownership of that. And I do have to say, this is a little out of order, but I do want to add this in here because as, as your teacher, when I was your, your prof years ago, um, I remember you coming up to me and saying, I, I am dyslexic. I have issues with like, with my writing, but what I, what amazed me from the very beginning was that you used to have your work done ahead of time. You would take it to the resource center to have it edited and to make sure there was, everything was okay. And then you would turn to hand it in. So you had problem solved a way to get work done well ahead of anyone else, well ahead. And you would take it, get it edited and bring it back in so that I would still get it ahead of time. So the thing is, is that from the very beginning, 
I never saw you use it as an excuse. I never saw that. It was never, it was never that case at all. I saw that you just knew that was part of you and this is what you had to do. So watching you now, it's totally not a surprise. I can see exactly <laughs> how far you've come with it and what you, what you've done with it. And I think it's great. And I think it's great. And I, I would strongly encourage anybody who, if you are running, you're an entrepreneur, you're running a business, you're trying to launch that business, you're trying to be all the moving parts of it and you just are in such an overwhelm you can't even figure out what to do next whether you are just starting or you are a extremely diverse business i think there's a massive massive asset of being able to connect with heather in this program because i know what she's done to my business i know what she's done to my mentor's business and the impact that she's had so i would strongly encourage you to reach out and connect with her because this program will be it will be just incredible. I absolutely know that it will be. So I'm super, super proud of you for this. Well, thank you. I'm internalizing that and just letting it be part of my superpower. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And I will make sure everything is in the notes of how to connect with you. The program does launch tomorrow. And so it will be live by the time this comes out on Thursday. And I cannot wait to watch it grow. How does that sound? That's great. I'm excited for it to accelerate full steam ahead right now. <laughs> it will. It absolutely will. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being vulnerable and being real and letting people see that, you know, when you hit that space of owning it, how much your life changed. And again, I'm proud of you. I cannot wait to watch this unfold. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Until next time, remember, when you own your choices, you truly own your life.